Hello, and welcome to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists. We are a vibrant liberal religious community that treasures diversity, practices justice, and teaches love and respect for everyone. We grow spiritually through worship, shared learning and service, and relationships that go deep. As we say each Sunday, whoever you are, whomever you love, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. Good morning and happy Easter, everyone. I'm Susan Marcinkus and I'm your worship associate today. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist online worship service. Our greeter today is Ann Stevens. Our other worship leaders are our minister, Reverend Laura Horton Ludwig, our director of religious education, Austin Peterson, our wonderful WUU choir directed by Dr. Jamie Bartlett, and our assistant director of music and today's bunny, Dave Robbins. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to, to visit wuu.org to download a copy or you'll find the link in the chat box. If you're visiting today, we're so glad you're here. We invite you to say hi by typing a quick note into the Zoom chat. And if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out the online visitor form at wuu.org. This Sunday, our membership book will be open for signing virtually today following the service. If you have completed Starting Point or Pathways to Membership, Sessions 1 and 2, are transferring from another UU congregation, or are a young person who has completed the coming-of-age class, we welcome you to announce your interest in signing when prompted at the end of the service, and you'll be added to a special breakout group to sign and signify your commitment to WUU. Also today, right after the service, we'll have a conversation in the main Zoom room about themes of the service. And we'll also have our usual social breakout rooms that you can join as well. Just stay around after the service and we'll make sure you get to exactly where you wanna be. Now I invite you to enjoy our prelude music today, an old Easter carol, with the words by an English Anglican priest and a 17th century tune from the Netherlands. Thank you to the choir.
We miss you so much, all of you. Again, welcome. We are happy that you have joined us via live stream audio or video or Zoom. Whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here, even if we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you to join in and say our welcoming words. And please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat. Let's say them in something that passes for unison. Folks on Zoom will unmute you now so that you can hear each other. Happy Easter. Indeed, whoever you are, whatever your image of the holy, whatever you believe, you are welcome here. If you love the stories of Jesus, your presence here is a gift. And if they do not speak to you at all, your presence here is a gift. If you practice another faith tradition and you're nervous about coming to an Easter service, your presence here is a gift. May we all find here an invitation to take in whatever is life-giving for us, for you in the Easter story today in your own way and let go of whatever does not serve your spirit. In this religious community, we do not teach that the man named Jesus literally came back from the dead, but we do remember the stories the earliest stories told by those who loved him that say he was killed and laid in a tomb. And three days later, he just was not there anymore. And the stories that came later that say he came back to life. As we begin our exploration of what Easter means for our community in this moment, I offer these words by the Reverend Peggy Clark a minister of European descent who serves the Community Church of New York, a multiracial, multicultural UU congregation. She says, Easter is a holiday of miracles. It is life from death, joy from sorrow, celebration from mourning. Easter reminds us that all is never lost that the story continues as long as we are here to tell it. So gather up your worries. We are going to bury them beneath the ground and watch them transform into flowers of hope, pushing through the earth, reminding us, us that on Easter morning, love brings us back to life, calls us from sadness, from grief, from anxiety into a world renewed and alive and filled with joy once again. Come, let us worship together.
Now, please say, please join me in saying the words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. Well, as we spotlight our own Austin Peterson, lighting a chalice again will unmute you and say the words in unison. We light this Peace to all. So I'm curious, and I wonder if you would feel comfortable, please, writing in the chat if you're able. Is there something in particular that makes you think of spring? Is there something that leaps into mind when somebody says the word spring? I know for me, um, seeing some of the baby lambs get born at Colonial Williamsburg has been just utterly so sweet. And watching them grow, they grow so quickly. Roy says fishing. John says outdoor music. Co says very lush, green, wet grass is what I think of. Oh, Co, yes. Bev and Joe say birds singing early in the morning. Nan says daffodils. Ruth says fresh breezes. Sue says hyacinths. Jess says green, green. Oh my goodness, there's so many responses here. This is wonderful. Maybe we can read all of them at the end. I love it. I wonder if some of you have a favorite garden that you like to visit. Maybe it's your own garden. Maybe it's one of the gardens at Colonial Lamesburg. Maybe um, there's a garden not too far from the public library that I particularly love. Um, but I wonder if you would, if it's available to you now, close your eyes and just hold in your mind's eye your garden. Is there a particular smell that comes to mind? Is there a gate? If there's a gate or a threshold, open it and step into the garden. What greets you? You might see some flower bulbs just starting to peek out of the dirt. You might see some blooming. And I wonder if as you look around this beautiful garden in your mind's eye, are there bulbs that you know that you have planted? Are there seeds that you know that you have planted that are still in the dirt? They haven't come up yet, right? And I wanna take a moment to celebrate all of them. The ones that are flowering and the ones it's not their time yet because we don't want everything blooming all at once. It would just be too much. I mean, what if we had all of the fruit ready to harvest all at once? Too much. And so 
When I think of one of my favorite gardens, I also think of one of the first services that Reverend Laura gave. Maybe you remember it too. And it was around an Arnold Lobel story. One of the great writers of the English language, in my opinion. And I want to read you a few lines from that story today. It's called Frog and Toad. Maybe you can see them in your mind's eye. Frog was in his garden. Toad came walking by. What a fine garden you have, Frog, he said. Yes, said Frog. It is very nice, but it was hard work. I wish I had a garden, said Toad. Here are some flower seeds. Plant them in the ground, said Frog, and soon you will have a garden. How soon, asked Toad. Quite soon, said Frog. Toad ran home. He planted the flower seeds and he said, now seeds, start growing. Toad walked up and down a few times and the seeds did not start to grow. Toad put his head close to the ground and said loudly, will you say it with me? Now seeds start growing. And Toad looked at the ground again and the seeds did not start to grow. Put his head very close to the ground and he shouted, will you say it with me? Now seeds start growing. And Frog came running up the path and said, what is all this noise? My seeds will not grow, said Toad. You are shouting too much, said Frog. Poor seeds are afraid to grow. My seeds are afraid to grow? asked Toad. Of course, said Frog. Leave them alone a few days. Let the sun shine on them. Let the rain fall on them. And soon your seeds will start to grow. And of course they do. Just that's the thing about seeds. Sometimes they need sun and rain and time. You know, I believe that all of the ancient gods, the ancient Sumerian ones, the ancient Greek ones, the Romans, all of them, I believe that they can still hear us. And oftentimes the gods of agriculture and gardens and growing are also the gods of thresholds. So when you stepped into that garden, you had to leave something behind in order to go into something new. And that's one of the things that I think of is Easter. Those gods are also often the same gods of death and the underworld. And so I ask this Easter, this springtime, 
what is it that we should leave behind? Maybe there's a attitude or a thought or something like that that just isn't useful anymore. Maybe the idea of yelling at seeds no longer serves you. What could you leave behind as we all step into this new threshold of spring? And it can be a little daunting, right? Stepping into something totally new, like a new year. It's beautiful. And also we don't always know exactly which seeds will grow first. And that's part of our growth too. And so I'm reminded of something that Reverend Laura and I talked about, Reverend Olympia Brown, the first universalist woman ordained as a minister. And one thing that her mentor said to her, which I find so striking, I don't agree with you, but if you feel that your calling is truly to be a minister, I will support you and I will do everything I can to help make it happen. What a beautiful concept. I don't agree with you, but I support you. What kind of threshold is that? I think it's a threshold of love. And so as you're going out into different gardens, maybe you know which bulbs have been planted and maybe you don't. I hope that you enjoy all the forsythia and daffodils, the robins, the weeds, the peas in the garden, the buds and the leaves, the new life, the green buds, the shy violets, tulips and daffodils, community garden, the smell of spring rain, the wren, the wren singing, the little heart out. And all of the things that make you think of spring. And I invite you grow in your own time when it's right for you. Blessed be. Mm, thank you, Austin. Thank you, Dave Robbins. Such a gift. I invite you now to join in a spirit of meditation, a spirit of reflection and prayer. And I want to, as we begin, I want to offer two special intentions today. First, to our Jewish congregants and friends, I wish you a blessed last day of Passover. I hope this has been a good week for you. May you be safe and well. And to our Black congregants and friends, my wish is that you will know love and support as the trial of Derek Chauvin continues. It's a difficult, weary time. May you be safe and well. And now I'd like to offer a prayer by Sarah Moores Campbell. 
It's inspired by the ancient story of Rabbi Jesus's death and resurrection after three days in the tomb. In the tomb of the soul, we carry secret yearnings, pains, frustrations, loneliness, fears, regrets, worries. In the tomb of the soul, we take refuge from the world and its heaviness. In the tomb of the soul, we wrap ourselves in the security of darkness. Sometimes this is a comfort. Sometimes it is an escape. Sometimes it prepares us for experience. Sometimes it insulates us from life. Sometimes this tomb life gives us time to feel the pain of the world and reach out to heal others. Sometimes it numbs us and locks us up with our own concerns. In this season where light and dark balance the day, we seek balance for ourselves. Grateful for the darkness that has nourished us, we push away the stone and invite the light to awaken us to the possibilities within us and among us. Possibilities for new life and ourselves and our world. May this be so. And now let us open our minds and our hearts to the joys and sorrows that move in our lives and in the life of the world. Today, Deborah Jane Wells asks that we continue to hold sacred space for her and her husband, Wilson Abney. Wilson right now is at Santerra Heart Hospital in Norfolk, building up his strength for a heart valve replacement probably later this week. And as we enter into a shared silence, I invite you to take this time to call upon your own image of the holy. Let us be in silence.
Amen and blessed be. And I invite us to seal this time of meditation and prayer with a song written by Mary Grigolia. She's a UU musician, minister, and spiritual director. It's sung by Jess Hudeman, a UU music director who serves in Rhode Island. I know this rose will open. This time, at this time, it's my pleasure to welcome Kaya O'Brien James, long time part of this congregation, and she's going to speak to us from the heart. Hi, everyone. It's very fitting that today is the <clears throat> service that Reverend Laura has asked me to speak at because I've learned from my mom that today is actually our 17 year anniversary at WUU. So it has been a long time that I have been here since I'm only 18. So since I was one, I've been coming to the, um, to the church. And today's from the heart. I don't have anything written down. It's just from the heart. Um, so I would just like to talk about what WUU has meant to me over the years and all the opportunities that the church has presented me with. Growing up, everyone around me has kind of had the same religion. They've been like, oh, let me, I'm a Christian, I go to church, and I read the Bible. And that was never the case for us as I was able to examine and get to experience all these other religions and get to learn about how there are different religions and not just one, like my friends would talk about at school when I was like 10 years old and very impressionable that oh, there's only one way you can think. But coming to WUU helped me open my mind up and being a UU is so different than any other religion as it's so open to everything. And so I'm able to express my opinions and be able to grow in the um, hands of my peers. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to meet so many people who have had an impact on my life, such as Jessica O'Brien, for one, she is like my rock, my world, and I wouldn't have met her if it wasn't for the church. 
and other people in the congregation such as Les and Austin and even Reverend Laura, even though I haven't been around you as long, I'm very thankful to all the people that I have met. And I'm just looking in the, the there's so many more of you in this chat right now, as well as um, people who aren't even in here that I've met and have gone in and out of the congregation that have stayed in my life, who I've been around and been able to experience different things. And I love being able to sing for the church as well, as I'm sure many of you guys have heard me sing. I'm so thankful that I was able to join the choir with Jamie when I was young, really young, and I was able to sing. My mom said that I was learning songs for the choir before I could even read, and she would have to play the songs for me so that I could hear them and be able, because I wasn't able to read yet, so I couldn't read music, so I had to listen to the songs on repeat. So I'm very thankful that I was able to um, embrace my love for singing with the church and be able to sing on numerous occasions, as well as when I sing in the community as um, at places such as Second Sundays, and I see UU faces there to support me. There's nothing that warms my heart more than being around you all and being able to work in the nursery with children. And um, as I'm about to leave for college, Austin has even written letters of recommendation for me and helped open up my many opportunities that I've been able to have. And I just think that none of that was, would have been possible if my mom hadn't signed the book when I was one years old and when she just knew that like this was a place for me. So I'm very grateful to each and every one of you, even the people that I don't know personally. But um, if I have met you and every single week there are people invested in my life and asking me questions that I have never even like <clears throat> had a full conversation with or people that I have a conversation with every single week, such as Dave Banks. I talk to him like every week and it's so interesting that people like you all who have like lived life, you're interested in the life of me, which hasn't even like completely started yet. So I'm just so grateful for all the relationships that I have built and for the place that WU has been for me, coming to potlucks when I was like 12 years old instead of hanging out with my friends. So I am so grateful. I cannot say thank you enough to everyone here. And I wish I could hug you all I can't wait for everything to be over so I can give you all a big hug before I leave for college. But I would just like to say thank you. And the church has had, I recommend coming to the church to anyone and everyone. Everyone who asks me where I go to church, I'm like, it's WU, it's the place with the rainbow flag and the Black Lives Matter flag. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of such a great place. So thank you all for 17 years. Thank you so much for that, Kaya. It's really touched my heart. Each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you're joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish and know that your presence here is gift enough. Our offering today goes to the General Operating Fund, which supports just about everything we do. If you'd like to get through our website, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, please text the dollar amount of your gift to 757 
I'll repeat that. Area code 757-500-0688 and follow the prompts from there. If you'd prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg, Virginia 23185. And we thank you so much. Our offertory music comes from the Western European classical tradition, written by the 19th century German composer, Robert Schumann. In translation, it's called Daydream. Just beautiful, Dave. Thank you. I have a reading today called The Glad Surprise by Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman, one of the greatest American theologians and mystics and a spiritual mentor to Dr. King and many other civil rights leaders. The glad surprise. There is ever something compelling and exhilarating about the glad surprise. The emphasis is upon glad. There are surprises that are shocking, startling, 
frightening and bewildering. But the glad surprise is something different from all of these. It carries with it an element of elation, of life, of something over and beyond the surprise itself. The experience itself comes at many levels. The dreaded meeting in a conference to work out some problems of misunderstanding and things are adjusted without emotional laceration, lacerations anticipated. <laughs> the report from the doctor's examination that all is well. When one was sure that a physical picture was very serious indeed. All these surprises are glad. There is a deeper meaning in the concept of the glad surprise. This meaning has to do with the very ground and foundation of hope about the nature of life itself. The coming of spring is ever a new thing, a glad surprise, the stirring of life at the end of winter. One day there seems to be no sign of life and then almost overnight, swelling buds, delicate blooms, blades of grass, bugs, insects, an entire world of newness everywhere. It is the glad surprise at the end of winter. Often the same experience comes at the end of a long tunnel of tragedy and tribulation. I'm gonna say that again. Often the same experience comes at the end of a long tunnel of tragedy and tribulation. It is as if a person stumbling in the darkness having lost their way finds that the spot at which they fall is at the foot of a stairway that leads from darkness into light. Such is the glad surprise. And this is what Easter means. It is the announcement that life cannot ultimately be conquered by death, that there is no road that is at last swallowed up in an ultimate darkness, that there is strength added when the labors increase, that multiplied peace matches multiplied trials, that life is bottomed by the glad surprise. As I look out my window, I see the dogwoods beginning to send out the little pale green shoots that come before the sweet blossoms. And I see the red bud already shining with color and life. And the forsythia and the daffodils, their yellows glowing like dozens of tiny little suns. Have we ever needed the spring as much as we do now? For a long time, we have known with our thinking minds that the stories of Jesus's death and resurrection are deeply connected to the far more ancient rhythms of the earth, the cold and dark of winter, and then spring awakening everywhere and life abundant. We have known this with our minds, but have we ever felt the power of those 
resurrection stories quite so deeply in our bodies and our spirits as we begin to roll away the stone from the cave of this long and weary pandemic year. Last Easter, as a community, we faced a future that was sad, fearful, and uncertain. COVID was spreading out of control. We were scrambling to care for ourselves and our community. It was like the very opposite of the glad surprise that Howard Thurman speaks of. But now, Thanks to the genuinely glad surprise of the near miraculous vaccines our scientists have created, there is so much hope. But at the same time, we know that this communal resurrection is not going to be complete for quite a while, especially for our children, our children who need to wait on the research to make sure it is safe for them to get the vaccines. And even for adults, even though the factories are cranking out those vials as fast as they can, our healthcare workers getting them into arms as fast as they can, it is going to take a while yet. And we hope, we hope, we hope that all our efforts will be enough to get this virus under control as soon as can possibly be. And I wanna talk a little bit about what that means for our congregation specifically in practical terms. Because as I shared in my email that went out on Friday, we know that it's gonna take a while yet before it is safe to come back together physically, at least inside. And so I want to ask each one of you today, especially if you have been fortunate to get vaccinated already, I wanna ask you to summon up all your patience and hang in there. Some folks I know are longing to get back into our sanctuary on Sunday mornings. Some would be very willing to take the risk for their own selves and I so hear that. And it is so complicated still. There's so much we don't know yet about whether vaccinated folks might still pose a danger to others. And we also need to get these new variants under control. So we are playing it safe for everyone's sake, for the sake of the whole community. That is why I ask each one of you to tap into the same kind of patience you have when you are waiting for the flowers and the trees to bloom each year. You know it's gonna happen when it happens. It cannot be rushed. I too feel that impulse to say, grow seeds, grow now. But I ask that we all be patient with our beloved community and know and believe that we will get back together. We will make it fully to that resurrection we so long for, even though the time is not quite yet. Luckily, now that the spring is here, our congregation does have the opportunity to bloom outdoors, literally. As I shared in the congregational email that went out on Friday, if you wanna to get together with other folks on our campus, our board and I invite you to go for it outside in small groups. We need to keep up our masking and our distancing practices, of course, but for those who want to be physically together, we can. 
We've got a set of guidelines written up that you need to follow. You can find it on our website or in that you know, W News email that went out on Friday. But within those guidelines, please go for it. Enjoy the time together. Bloom and be happy. Now, there is one more kind of patience I want to ask of you today, and that is patience with each other. Because one thing we've been learning lately is that as individuals, we're going to be on all sorts of different timelines in terms of feeling safe to get out there and bloom in public. Some of us are like crocuses and daffodils. We are so ready and willing to be out in the world again. And some of us are going to bloom later, but we are so not ready yet. We just maybe want to stay in our underground caves for a while still. And on that note, I want to offer a resource to you. You might know the radio program On Being with Krista Tippett. She did an interview a couple of weeks ago with a clinical psychologist named Christine Runyon about what is happening in our nervous systems as life starts opening up again and how we can care for ourselves however we are feeling. I'm gonna take a moment to drop the link to the episode into our Zoom chat. Here we go. So I just wanna commend um, that episode to you. Um, you can either listen or read the transcript and it's good, it's good stuff. Speaking for myself, I am very fortunate to be among the folks who have been able to be vaccinated at this point. I have my second shot coming up on Saturday and then they tell me I should be pretty much protected. But here's what I'm feeling. Even though my mind says, okay, that's great. I notice that my body does not feel safe yet. You know, after a year of training myself to keep that six feet of distance, constantly reminding myself that being physically close to other people could literally be life-threatening, I'm realizing it's going to take a while for me to feel good about being around other human beings again. My husband John and I talked the other day about maybe taking a little overnight trip for our anniversary, which is coming up next month. We thought, maybe we'll go to the Outer Banks. We'll both be vaccinated. Why not? Let's do it. But as we started to look at places to stay, I noticed that my body was feeling really tense. I started to imagine what it might feel like to go on that trip, having to navigate gas stations and restaurants and all of that. And I realized I was trying to convince myself it would be fun when what it would actually feel like was kind of scary and stressful. So when it comes to COVID stuff, I've decided to, to be kind to myself, as I hope you will be too, and, and take it slow as my body learns how to be normal again. That's what's right for me. I will get there just in my own time. For now, I'm still feeling pretty cautious about this resurrection time we're in. I guess I am more on the uh, crepe myrtle bloom calendar, if you will, than the crocus. And thinking about the Easter stories today, I actually feel like these days I'm channeling my own inner doubting Thomas. 
Y'all remember Doubting Thomas? He's the one in the Gospel of John who doesn't believe Jesus has come back from the dead until he actually sees him with his own eyes. And right now, frankly, I can empathize. I personally feel safer just still waiting for more data about the variants and such before I get out in the world too much, even though intellectually, I think it would be fine. And if that's you too, it is okay. You are okay. And it is also okay if you are more of an early bloomer. If you are feeling safer in the world right now, that is good. I mean, yes, please get vaccinated if you possibly can. Keep up the masks and the distancing when you're out and about. We are all gonna be doing that for a while yet. But enjoy life, be well, be happy, and let us all support each other wherever we are, whenever we are ready to bloom again, which we will. It has been a long, hard year of seclusion underground. But now we hear the sound of rock shifting bit by bit. We see the first crack of light pouring through so bright. In the days to come, may that light grow ever brighter, the way forward ever wider, until we can all rise up and stretch our weary limbs and emerge at last into the sun's light, dazzled and free. May this be so for us and for everyone and for all the world. Amen. Our closing hymn today is one of the old Unitarian Easter hymns dating back to the middle of the 19th century. And I invite you to sing along or just listen whatever will feed your spirit right now. Oh. 
Thank you so much, Dave. Now let us say the words to extinguish the chalice. And we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will paste the words in the Zoom chat and again we'll say them in unison. We extinguish this flame, this flame. but not the, the light, light of, of truth, truth, the, the warmth, warmth of community, community, or the fire, or the fire of commitment. <laughs> These, These we carry in our hearts, hearts until, until we are, we are together, together again. again. Now I invite you to stretch out your hands and remember how connected we are. And as you go, may the light of hope shine on you and love shine in you. May you walk gently on the earth and be surprised again and again by life abundance springing up now and every day. Happy Easter, go in peace. May it be so, amen and blessed be.